Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast M&A Edition. MMA, I'm sorry, I was doing my initials. Today, we have a very special guest. We got the fighting expert, Mr. Chuck Marlowe, with us. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good, man. It's been a while since we had you, and there's been some big fights that have happened since then. So we really want to get your opinion on some of these fights that happened last month and the fight card that happened last night. All right. So let's let's go all, all the way back. Let's talk some McGregor versus Dustin. I believe you actually called the upset on the podcast that you did saying that Dustin was going to come out on this, didn't you? I did. I did. Um, I did say fourth round TKO, the second round TKO. Um, I knew it was going to be a TKO probably. Um, I knew Dustin was going to let his hands go loose at some point in the fight um, and start actually getting his combos going. And once he started doing that fight, this fight just dirty brawling, he outclassed McGregor in that, um, slowed him down to uh, war in his legs, a lot of leg kicks. He pushed out on him. Um, and so, and ultimately that's what really got McGregor to lose was those leg kicks. He wasn't checking any of them. He was being nonchalant that year off killed him. So it, um, definitely took a toll and he started getting loose and getting his combos because he knew McGregor couldn't move once his leg was too weak. So he pieced him up pretty good. Like I expected. With, with Connor, cause that was, was a big focus on that people had with that year off and Basically, he's been inactive really for a little bit. Did that play a role in this fight, or was Dustin just so much better in this fight? It didn't matter what shape Connor came in. No, um, yeah. So Dustin was continuously in fight shape because he's been fighting year round. He's been pushing out fights and everything. So he was always in continuous shape. McGregor, you never know, since he didn't have anything to work towards, he didn't have any fights coming up. Who knows what his diet was like, what his training was like, what his eating habits were like, what everything else went into effect that usually you do when you're preparing to fight year-round. You're taking care of yourself more, and you're always on top of things. As of if you're taking that year off, you might be like, okay, well, I'm kind of retired. I don't know if I'm going to come back and fight or not, so I can do whatever I want. I don't have to train as hard. And so those are things that kind of went into effect into that so it definitely had a big effect on it um i'm not going to say it's an excuse to why dustin won i still think dustin probably would have won um even if he had more time to train uh for connor i mean if connor had more time to train for him um i definitely think that dustin still would have won and it would have actually been a fourth round that time instead and you called it man i just wanted to make sure you got your flowers because you were on the dustin trainer most people were going yeah, I was surprised because I talked to a lot of people and they're just like, Connor, you're crazy. You're Connor for sure. And I'm like, Dustin has hands. Where does Connor go from here? Because even before the fight, Dana White was talking about Connor winning, Connor fighting for a title, and then Connor defending a title all within this year. But Connor lost this fight. Uh, Dana came out last night saying that there could potentially be a trilogy between these uh, Connor and Dustin. A, do you want a trilogy match? And B, why 
was Dana really trying to put Connor in the title discussion? I felt like that wasn't the right move. Um, he wanted to put Connor into the um, title discussion because Connor's the box office hit. You see, when he fights, people want to watch. So he knew if he he knew if he put him into that position and prompted him forward for a title, then he has more title fights he has to put out. He has to defend his title more, so he knows he has a guaranteed to fight. So without him having that belt, he's not guaranteed to fight. Connor might move into other things. He might move into boxing some people so he can make actual revenue. So Dana doesn't get that short leash on him. Um, but Connor, he where does he go from here? He has to reevaluate everything, take it forward. Do I want a trilogy? I'm not 100% sure. Um, the reason I feel like they wanted to push this trilogy is because they're going to say he took that year off. He didn't have any time to really train. You really have technically a year to train, even though you're not going to train for this fight. Um, they just want to see what happened if he has more training, I feel like. And I feel like that's why they're trying to push it, because they want to feel like excuse to why Dustin won. But um, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm not going to be mad either. Um, to break the tiebreaker, I'd probably just do it, just make it, it'll still hit in the box office. There was another thing that you also called, too, back when this fight happened about Khabib coming back, essentially. And as soon as you said that, two days later, Dana was on the phone saying that, hey, Khabib, we talked, he might come back, he wanted to see something really interesting from this fight. So if they do do a trilogy, or they don't, do you think Dustin is good enough to get Khabib out of retirement. And if that match happens, could Dustin beat Khabib or is Khabib just too good? I say if Dustin, because what Dustin did in the beginning of that fight against Connor, he tried to take some moves out of Khabib's uh, book that he used against McGregor and he used against him uh, when he was wrestling. Um, and I think that ultimately his, um, if he can show better wrestling, I feel like Khabib might be enticed because I feel like Khabib feels like no one's in challenge of him because his wrestling's just so good and no one's like really, you know, on his level. And so he doesn't feel like anyone can compare. Um, so I feel like if someone can try and like show off their wrestling more and threaten him in a way, that would kind of get his notice. And I feel like he would come out of uh, retirement. I still think he will either way. He's just trying to push it to make it look a little bit more box office. There was another fighter on this card, uh, Dustin Connor card, that you were super high on, that you told all of us to keep our eyes out for him. And if I do remember, was it Michael? Was it Michael Chandler who you were talking about? Correct, Michael Chandler, yes. Yeah, and he, uh, he dominated. He did. <laughs> he did right out the back. Um, I definitely thought Dan, I think I said Dan Hooker. I, I was, I, this was like a 50-50 answer, but I technically still said Dan Hooker would win. Um, but I said if Michael Chandler can ride the hype and stay calm and poised, um, he would win. And he stayed calm and poised. He didn't let the hype train, like, take over. And he showed why Dana paid big money for him to come over here. Um, and he showed why he put him automatically on a um, main card as a co-main event. He can lock some lights out. He's a hard hitter. Um, and you just love his energy and his attitude. And I think that's one thing that he's going to gravitate towards, um, the UFC people. He's a show, he's a showboy type of person. He doesn't like feel afraid to call people out as you can see, obviously. So 
that's a big personality to like Conor McGregor's that people are going to like. And he's going to, um, if he can keep fighting good, the UFC is going to love him. He can um, boost himself forward to a box office name. So you think he has that potential to potentially be the next box office name that a casual fan will be able to recognize? Correct. Hey, you heard it from Chuck. And if you've heard Chuck's previous UFC podcast, the man's been calling it like he sees it. And he has been right more than he's been wrong. So if Chuck's saying this guy has potential, hey, write that down. I want to fast forward to the UFC 258. That just happened last night. I'm sure you watched it. And the main event was Usman versus Burns. Before we talk about that match, were there any other matches on this card that you were interested in or were you surprised by? Um, so I know Kelvin Gaston was on that card. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to see him get a win, kind of. I know he's, I he might move some up in the middleweight division, but I don't see him moving anywhere anytime soon because he's had some wins and losses. So he's bouncing around still. Ricky Simone had a, a good win. Um, I like to see what he can do. Um, and then the other one that I was surprised by was Alexa Grasso and uh, Macy Barber. Macy Barber coming back from her ACL tear. She's um, 22. She was back. She was on track to go get a belt um, and be the youngest uh, UFC uh, championship holder ever and beat John Jones' record. But she uh, tore ACL in her fight before then and lost. So that was her only loss on the record. And then she lost to Alexa Grasso last night on her comeback. And I was surprised by that. Um, but you know, coming back from the injury can really do a lot to your mental stability um and how you come back to train for a fight so it's kind of surprised me and caught me off guard but you know i'm not uh too mad about that but it was surprising for that loss and then the main event of the card usman versus burns usman he's won 12 12 straight fights and this is his third straight title defense is that right correct and Burns, he's not he's not no slouch either. He came in reeling off six uh, victories in a row. So when you and when you watch that fight going in, did you think it was going to be closer, or did you think this the result was what you expected of Usman just dominating, getting the third round TKO? Um, yeah, I the fight kind of went a little bit as I expected it to go. Um, Usman didn't. I mean, I wouldn't say he dominated. He dominated at the end. The last two rounds, he dominated. The first round, he came out. I'd say he lost that first round. It was 10-9 burns. It was pretty – it was like a 50-50, but if you really, really wanted to give it to someone, you could have gave it to um, Burns because he really put it on him in that first round. But the next two rounds, Usman came out, and he really just dominated and took over. So um, that's kind of what I expected. He just needed to adjust that first. He wasn't used – used to people hitting hard because Burns hits pretty hard and I saw it when he was getting hit it kind of just like stopped him a little bit and he was like affected by it so hard so he had to kind of adapt because he's never probably been hit as hard as someone like Burns can hit and as you can see he still has a chin on him he ate him mm-hmm. and um he came back out and he uh put on a show he let his hands go he started fighting his fight fighting with his jab more because that's why I think um after the first round his corner was telling him you're known for your jab use your jab the jab was what set him up for the final knockout. He hit him, and he just took over from there. So Usman now is 13-1, and one, correct? Correct. 
he said something after the fight about putting some respect on his name. And I just want you to elaborate because for a guy who's 13 and one, I feel like he would be respected. Is he talking to us, the fans, or is he talking to UFC management? He's talking to, I think, the dynamic of everyone. Um, Because you have your fans, there's definitely fans. You're going to, either way, who you are, like no matter who you are, you're going to have someone who says you can't do anything. You're always going to have doubters and haters. Um, And then you also have people in the UFC, your Jorge Masvidal's, probably um, your Gilbert Burns and um, your Covington's, people talking about, oh, yeah, I'm come take your belt, blah, 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 blah. He's just letting people know, like, the hype is not, like, it's not, like, fake. He's real deal. He's letting them know, like, put some respect on me. Like, I'm 13 and 1 for a reason. Respect me. Like, y'all not going to come out here like I'm a joke or a chump and talk smack to me, like, you know, type of way. I'm going to beat y'all up type of deal. So why did he, after the match, too, he called out Jorge, and he's already beaten him. So why was he calling him out? to fight again if you could elaborate for everyone uh because jorge is known to talk jorge has a mouth on him you know he's not going to feel like he really he doesn't really feel like he got beat that much even though he got dominated in that fight against Usman, he got dominated mm-hmm. he feels like in the hands department no one can touch him really so that's why jorge was talking and smack he's like oh yeah i can take your belt this that the other so he's like, Jorge, pipe down. I'm still, I'm the champ. You're talking up to me. Put some respect on my name. Like, I've built for a reason. I'm also seeing things that people think it should be Leon Edwards who gets Usman next. Between Leon and Jorge, I feel like Jorge, is, that's just a bigger money draw. Who do you think should get the title match next? I think Leon Edwards doesn't really have that big of a draw because he has a fight in like, Oh, he hasn't fought in a minute. I think it's been like a year or so because he had got COVID when he was supposed to fight and, you know, everything with travel and transportation because he's from over out in like England or somewhere, I think, I'm pretty sure. And so because of that, like the travel and everything with quarantine and COVID, he hasn't put out any fights recently. So he hasn't really been able to put on any like notices for his name. So Jorge has fought more recently and he's had a lot more hype around his name. So that's why it's pulling people towards him. But I feel like Leon Edwards is due for something, but I, he hasn't put on a fight. Let's say you just do um, Edwards versus um, Jorge. Whoever wins that, let them fight against Usman. You can put that fight on like a co-main event of a next title fight or something. So then you can work your lineup for that. You heard it. You heard it here first. Going into some news, because you shared it with us, John Jones. John Jones, we've talked about, is going to heavyweight. He's in heavyweight training. And it came out that his first match in the heavyweight division could be for the title. What do you think about that? How quickly are we seeing that? Are we seeing that this summer? What are we looking at there? I say it's probably going to be announced that the... So, you know, the reason they're going to probably put him up for a title fight immediately after moving up for weight, because... Israel Adesanya immediately got a fight when he got moved up to um, light heavyweight. He's immediately fighting for the belt coming up here soon. Uh, UFC 259 co-main event with Emmanuel Nunes. Correct. So he, they're like, well, he, you got to think, if you're on that level of John Jones and you think someone like 
Israel Adesanya is below you, you know, and you have that history behind your name, you're going to automatically want a title shot because he automatically got a title shot. You know, it's kind of that respect aspect. If you're going to do it for him, you're going to do it for me type of deal. Um, and so I could see that happening for sure because he already has one. So they'll probably announce it then. It'll probably be like a month or two from after that. You know, then after that, they probably might work another one or two fights to see, um, defend the belt. And then, boom, another mega fight. And then Adesanya is going to try and be like a triple belt holder, maybe. You see something like that, try to be projected. And then you might have things. You can work a whole lot of dynamics with this and a whole lot of box office numbers. So there's a lot of different things that can really go into it. But he's definitely going to get his title shot. So with John Jones, when he gets that title shot, what do you think his chances are? Because we've never seen him in heavyweight. Does it depend on who the champion is at that time? Or if he does win, and we'll definitely preview that when the time comes, that has to make him the unofficial, like the official, go, no more questions, no more nothing, no more debate, right? So if John Jones gets like the triple title, um, mm-hmm. well, it, he, he doesn't have the opportunity for that. It's going to be more of... Um, Adesanya, who has the uh, chance for that, since he's coming up from um, middleweight. So okay. since he's technically the middleweight belt holder, because um, John Jones renounced the uh, light heavyweight belt, so he technically couldn't be considered a uh, triple weight champ. But I don't see Adesanya moving up to heavyweight. I see John Jones moving down to middleweight and meeting him. And you've talked about this before. Yeah. So I see them fighting for the middleweight. So it's probably still be a um, double belt title. So I don't really actually see him moving to get a triple weight. But if they were really trying to push box office numbers, they could try and push something like that. Um, but that would definitely, if he got to a triple belt status, that would put Adesanya in um, maybe a GOAT projection. But I feel like he still has some history from his kickboxing days. It's not his MMA days, but that could kind of taint that projection of goat what about john though if john just goes and wants a heavyweight title what does he have left to prove especially if it's in his first match um well they might they're going to be like well let's see you defend the belt yeah, yeah i think from a fan I say, okay you be one person in the heavyweight title that's not even their best heavyweight person in my eyes you have people who are different fans of different people who feel like they should have a chance to go against that person because they feel like that's not fair to my person. Like they're fan, like whoever they're a fan of, you know, they're like, okay, so I want them to get a belt shot. So it just depends. Um, they're going to want him to defend it for sure to get that GOAT status. Well, who is, you said something very interesting there. So who do you think is the best heavyweight? The guy who he beat up numerously. Oh, um, <laughs> but honestly, I don't know. The best heavyweight in my eyes. I don't know. That one's a tough, tough one. DC, as much as I don't like DC, I think DC is a great fighter. Um, I'll give him the respect he's due. But I think Stipe is also pretty good. But I don't know because I, I want to see what Nganu can do, though. If Nganu can prove something to me in this next fight against Stipe, I will really put a lot more respect on him. And I'm rooting for him. Nigerian guys, so I'm going to root for the Nigerians, you know. But um, I just, I think he has a chance to be great. I think he has a chance to put on some danger for John Jones, if I'm being honest. 
So, because if he can catch John Jones, I think he might be able to put him out. But I'm ready to see what John Jones can do. So, I need that fight to hurry up so they can put something out. Oh, that's crazy. But DC, he's doing that commentary now. I don't think he's ever coming back. No, I think he might. I don't know. You know, it's kind of stings to like end your career on a loss. Yeah. So like, I could see something happening. And you have John Jones, who's now in heavyweight. So if he gets that belt, who knows? And hey, DC might be like, all right, I'm coming out of retirement. I want to fight for the belt against John Jones. Let's get this last fight going for old time's sake. I can see that happening too. So don't put it, don't put it past them. Definitely going to keep an eye on that. And UFC 259, which is going to take place, oh, actually a couple of weeks from now, uh, March 6, 2021, obviously in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Amanda Nunes, who I've been waiting to see fight for a while. Correct. As fighting against Megan Anderson. Is that right? Yes. Does Megan, does she even stand a chance against Amanda, in your opinion? Or No one stands a chance against Amanda Nunes these days. But who can stand a chance against her? Because I, I love this girl. Like, she can fight. I mean, especially when she destroyed Ronda back in the day. I'm waiting for her to get a big, another big mega fight. She deserves one. I don't know. There's no one really in her weight class who can really, def- like, put up fights like she does. Like, she is ridiculous. Um, do I really see any comparisons in her weight class? I don't think so, because she's she's just too ridiculous. I don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, Holly Holmes probably get like, that's, I think that's the um, number two contender they have. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jermaine's, like, the first contender. Like, if I really look at any of the uh, people in the women's phantom uh, weight, I don't see anyone who's really going to put up a fight against her at all. Does she have to move up? Well, she, she can't even move up from here. She would have to uh, move down, mm. or she would have to have um, someone else move up and maybe try and put up a fight against her. Um, I'd love to see. I don't ever see this actually happening, but, like, no, um, Rose, Namuanas, and... Um, Zhang Wali or people like that, if they can put on some weight, you know, move up uh, the bantam weight and decide to try and fight her, um, that might be a little bit difficult for all of them. But I need someone to like put up a competition against. There's no really good fighters, I think, for her right now, honestly, if I'm being honest. It's lonely at the top. Maybe she, maybe should, she should take that Paul fight. Maybe. I, I, at that point, I feel like that's something that people will be like, okay, maybe she has some competition. Let's see if she can actually beat a man like everyone says she can, which I, I'm not doubting she can. Paul said that when Connor lost, he should have took the fight against him. You on it, And I know Paul is actually going to be fighting a former MMA fighter um, in his next boxing match. I forget. The I believe I heard something about that. Yeah. Do, could you see Connor if it's a big $100 million match? Could you see him taking that? And would you be afraid that, God forbid, he potentially loses? Um, I could see him taking that for sure. If it was $100 million on the table, Connor's going to take it. You know, anything to set his family like in stone. 
I yeah. think he just had it like I think they just had another baby not too long ago, maybe like a month or two ago. If I'm not mistaken, him and his wife. Um so anything to set his family up for life and keep his money like set where it is, I feel like he would do. Um and I don't see him losing to Jake Paul in all honesty. Um I feel like Connor's too skilled and like profound to actually lose to Jake Paul. I want to also bring up Max Holloway. I know we've talked about him in previous episodes, but Ooh, Max is he Holloway. now going to get a title shot? Um, I mean, after that last fight, that was he put on a clinic. Probably, um, but I don't want to say anything set in stone because you know anything can move around. But after that fight, I feel like he definitely deserves a title shot. He <laughs> put on a show. I mean, four hundred and fifty-five significant strikes. Like that's high. That's the highest number put by even two fighters combined. So, and then I'm gonna be honest, Cater. If you can eat 455 shots and not get knocked out, mm-hmm. you got a chin on you. That's lovely. You got a Tony Ferguson type of chin on you, but you need to work on your some defense because you got pieced up, ate alive, and spit out. Like that was a ridiculous fight. Uh, I think I called that one too uh, to decision mm-hmm. um, by Holloway, but I'm surprised I didn't get the uh, fourth round TKO or fifth round TKO. Honestly, the way he was hitting them, but you eat 455 shots to the face. I'm just gonna back off of you. I'm not even gonna hit you, fight you. <laughs> so that match was that back in January was on ABC. You've been paying attention to Dana having this war against people who've been illegally streaming uh, UFC fights, and he's going. He's trying to find all the websites, go after him, yada yada. Wouldn't it just be easier than if Dana just had more pay per view fights on ABC? Because to me, I felt like that was perfect, and it was on in the middle of the day because they were in uh, Dubai. But why don't they utilize ABC more for more pay per views? I know it's money thing, but you can take away from it. Streams, like you said, yeah, it's a money thing. Uh, the fighters don't, I don't think they make as much money. Mm-hmm. Um, with it being on ABC, I don't think they make as much money either. The UFC with it being on ABC, because it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're nationally televising this, so we're doing you a favor kind of deal. As to where, um, because like everybody has ABC, you can plug in on a regular TV, yep. you get 28 channels, you're gonna get ABC and you're gonna see the fight. So, uh I feel like that's kind of like they're like, okay, well, you know, money wise. But um, I can see Dana still pushing it forward for more ABC fights. Um, he just wants to make his money. That's a, what it also is. You are, it's a business. So people are going to want to sell fights, try to make money as long as they can. But with, um, like you said, illegal streaming and stuff, it's going to be hard to stop it. There are, you may have the people in the team who can like find the people who, do these websites and illegally stream things. You may be able to find some of them, but you're not going to find the really, really good ones because there's people better than the hackers or people or whoever you have looking into it. There's people that are better than that out there who can easily find a way to still watch it. The dark web, you can find anything. Um, You can find anything anywhere, really. So it's not really going to ever get cracked down on, um, but it's still going to happen. And I agree. I agree 100% with you. He's been going to the streams with it for sure, too, because I think during one of the fights, he actually knocked out like the 
people who actually bought the fight, you know, they couldn't watch it because he was trying to crack down on it and he messed it up and they messed down, shut down the uh, whole stream for the fight. So like people who paid for under, it, under pay per view, the uh, shoot yourself in the foot, mm-hmm. the double edged sword you just fell on. That's right on that. Chuck, man, any any other UFC news that the fans need to know about going into going into March, going into UFC 259? Um, look out for Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. I think that fight will be beautiful. Um, that's a fight I actually really love to look at on paper. I'm a huge fan of um, Peter Yan. He's fighting out a uh, Tiger Muay Thai in uh, Thailand. Um, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube, type in Tiger Muay Thai, watch their training camps, watch what they go through for, um, like to get on that level of fighting. Like that man's ridiculous. Al Jermaine Sterling though, ridiculous. So I really, really, really excited for that fight. Um, I think because there's two great fighters on that card, um, it's kind of getting overshadowed, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be great. Um, Thiago Santos has come back um, after tearing everything in his leg. Um, that'd be good to see. See if he can maybe put up something for like light heavyweight contention to fight against um, Israel Adesanya. He'll probably fight against the winner of that fight, uh, whoever wins um, 259. And you have Song Yedong on that card. I can't wait to look forward for that. He's going to be a um, good fighter in the bantamweight division. Um, anything else for the UFC that I can think of? Really, not right now. Um, just look out for fighters being fighters. Um, there's going to be a lot more fights getting put out soon here because they want to start stirring some stuff up, uh, getting some crowd hype behind these fights. Usually around the time the fight gets put out, like a week or so before they'll announce another main event or something. So look out for the stuff they uh, announce soon. There should be some big, 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 big fights. Um, coming out soon. Hey, you heard the man. Listen to Chuck. He knows. He knows his stuff. Chuck, man. End of the anyone you want to shout out before we wrap it up. Um, just shout out to everyone. Actually, shout out to B Ridge, number one, almost. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the wifey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll listen to this. Uh, hey, good man. <laughs> shout out to everybody out there. Um, just keep taking care of everything, everybody. Hey. You heard the man. And with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the L7C podcast. Thank you, Chuck, for always being the UFC expert, dropping some gems and knowledge on us. Chuck will be back to dissect more UFC, especially if those big fights he's talking about do happen. You already know Chuck's going to be on, breaking those down, giving us previews and helping us get through UFC in 2021. The guy knows his stuff. You've sent some comments about Chuck knowing his stuff. so. That's why he's the expert. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And with that being said, once again, thank you guys for listening to the LSMC podcast. You guys take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.